Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I am guest bailiff Jean Gray filling in for Jesse Thorne. He's not on this beach. This week, trash action lawsuit. Kelly brings a case against her husband, Andrew. Their next door neighbors tend to leave their garbage cans at the curb for a long time after the trash collectors come through. Andrew wants to bring the neighbor's cans back to the house for them, but Kelly thinks it's too passive-aggressive for him to do so. I have so many opinions. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. Thank you, guest bailiff Jean Grey. Here it comes. I'm sad because I'm happy. And I'm happy because I'm mad. And I'm mad... Because it sounds sappy to be happy when you're sad. Supreme guest bailiff, Jean Grey, please swear the litigants in. Kelly and Andrew, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, God, or whatever else? I do. I do. Hmm. You, you didn't rise, but okay. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling despite the fact that I have heard him pronounce despite as despite to spite people? I do. I do. All right. Well, uh, Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Uh, I guess Bill and Jean Gray, so happy to have you back. Jesse Thorne couldn't make it today. Jean Hi. stepping in. One of our very favorite guest bailiffs, Jean Gray, if you don't know, last name is spelled G-R-A-E. That's right. Uh, to avoid copyright infringement suits from Marvel Comics? No. <laughs> no. No. I, I like the A-E before uh, Elon Musk and Grimes ruined it. <laughs> I, I, like, I like fairies. Yeah, right. I like the encyclopedia. Yeah, right. Big, big fan of the AE. Big fan of the AE, and I'm a mm -hmm. big fan of the Jean Grey AE. Jean Grey? Gr comedian, storyteller, performer, singer, musician, polymath. I'm so uh, tired. Pastor of her, mm -hmm. of her own. Louis Pastor. Louis Pastor. <laughs> pa Louis Pastor of her own church, the Church of the Infinite You, <laughs> which started mm -hmm. as a show in the basement of Union Hall here in Brooklyn. It's a legit daytime church. It's also a legit. It's, it's a church. It's a legit daytime drinking church. Yeah. <laughs> now, now available to all on Twitch.tv. We'll tell you where to find it, and mm -hmm. and when to find it, uh, and it's important that you find it. But meanwhile, it really we're here to this because it's very special. It's very special, Gene. As are you. You're my friend. You're my friend too. Can I just say before we get into this how excited I am because I love confrontation. Oh. All right, proceed. Let's go. I do not Whoa. care for I do not care for it. That's oh. why I am the judge and not the litigant so I can tell people who's right and wrong and then I can oh. sneak away. That's the point of a podcast. Is no one ever sees each other. No one has to see each other oh. face to face. But in I'll fact, now because every we're tree. Because we're doing uh, all kinds of things differently, and we're all recording from home now. I can, I can see the litigants. This is case number two in history, Gene, where I've been recording from home, and I can see the litigants' faces and their nice faces. Does it change it for you? It it does mainly because I can remember their names and know who's speaking. Because <laughs> because uh, their their names are attached to their faces, which is really yes. Honestly, we we should have that in in all of life. I don't understand why. Mm -hmm. Just uh, name tags all the time. 
Name tags everywhere. But Kelly and Andrew, nice faces. Yep. This, this is your confrontation, not mine. <laughs> you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Can either of you name the piece of culture I referenced when I entered the courtroom? Kelly, what's your guess? I'm going to go with a Shel Silverstein poem. Mm, it's very, mm. it's very mm. Shelly Silversteiny. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's very Shelby Silversteiny. Uh, okay, we'll put that into the guest book. I'm not saying that's wrong or right or medium. Everything. There are no wrong answers except for the one that I say is wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, Andrew, what is yours? Uh, the word sappy mm-hmm. put me in a certain uh, time frame, so. I'm going to guess something by James Thurber. Something by James Thurber. To use a sports metaphor, that's a fairly good ballpark for my kind of thing. I, um, my book, Vacation Land, as you know, uh, did not win the James Thurber Prize for American <laughs> Humor in 2018, but was a finalist. I'd like to change hey. my guess to Dorothy Parker then. <laughs> <laughs> you can't Algonquin Roundtable your way out of this, Andrew. Nice cuts, nice drops, but all guesses are wrong. I'm going to give you another hint, but this one is non-binding. If Jesse had been here, because this fits so well, I would have used this quote, but I would have changed certain names. So see if this gives you a, a better clue. John Hodgman is the exact opposite of how I think you should behave. I just think of it as a negative view of the positive mind I have. Jesse Thorne is sweet and nice and also sympathetic as kids can identify with him even though he looks like such a bizarre character <laughs> eight feet two inches and a beak 18 inches long any guess now as to which piece of popular culture i was referencing kelly andrew it's from sesame street it is from sesame street the song i quoted and i did not sing it because i don't <laughs> know this one the lyrics to the song i'm sad because i'm happy by oscar the grouch wow. For this is a case about trash trash cans. cans. (laughs) Yes. You never thought about trash cans, did you? You're just like, oh, it sounds like Shel Silverstein. And I know know Hodgman loves complaining about not winning that Thurber prize. I'll just throw Thurber in there. The the cultural reference has to refer to the case. And in this case, yours is a case of trash cans. The the quote that I I gave you as the hint, of course, was Carol Spinney. Carol Spinney. The late Carol Spinney. Talking about Oscar being the opposite of Big Bird. Mm-hmm. In any case, I thought also that that Oscar the Grouch, Gene, you like Oscar the Grouch is the best, right? Because he loves confrontation. He loves confrontation. <laughs> he's, he's very blunt, and yep. um, he doesn't. He's not doing it in a malicious way. He's like, right. I just want to let's just talk about it. Right. Let's like get now, it out in the open. it's going to happen I've... now. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you move into a trash can and maybe you would want to address some things immediately. But because you're so comfy where you are, you're not doing that. Yeah, that's right. He's Mm -hmm. like, I live in the trash. Check your privilege. This is what you should be seeing. Talk about it now. Also, I feel like we're all living in a trash can right now. (laughs) Like Oscar the Grouch never left that trash can. Well, to be fair, it was very large on the inside. Like he, he lived in a loft. Yeah. The trash can, you'll recall, Kelly and Andrew, from Sesame Street, Oscar's trash can is larger on the inside mm-hmm. than on the outside. It's mm-hmm. huge. It's a TARDIS. It's a TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, basically. Everyone knows that Oscar the Grouch is a Time Lord. <laughs> this is known. This is known. 
Anyway, so here we all are in our respective trash cans, talking to each other through these tin cans, making human connection wherever we can. A lot of can, a lot of can talk. All of a <laughs> so, Kelly, you bring this case I do. Uh, to my court, and what 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 is the justice that you seek? What is the problem with your husband? I would like Andrew to let go of the idea of bringing the trash cans back for our neighbors because I don't feel it comes from a place of good spirit. I think it comes from a place of nosy neighbor um, and 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 a bit of passive aggressive um, messaging as to you know how you need to take care of your cans. So let um, me see that I understand what's going on here. Now you 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 live in a, a in a suburban type environment, yes. right? Deta- detached houses. Yes. And uh, whereabouts do you live? And I would prefer your specific street address. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we live in southeastern Pennsylvania, outside of uh, Philadelphia. Okay. And the the way trash collection works in your in your neighborhood is, first of all, it gets collected, which right now seems like a freaking god or whatever damned miracle yeah i'm so glad it's uh, we have a civilization still working on it working on holding on to it but in any case you put your trash out in bins mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. we call them cans we mm-hmm. call them cans yep. the trash at the, ed- at the edge of, at your curb right mm-hmm. yep right yep twice a week what are the days tuesday and friday tuesday and friday and the trash collector comes and takes away the trash and leaves the bins behind, leaves mm-hmm. the cans behind. Yep. And then each homeowner goes out to collect those bins and brings them back up into your your garage or whatever. Correct. Yep. Right. But your neighbors don't do it. And Andrew wants to do what, Andrew? When your neighbors don't bring their trash cans back up to their houses and leave them hanging around on the street looking like literal trash, mm-hmm. you want to do what? I want to take them back away from the street and return them to where the neighbors store their trash cans when they're not out for trash. And I presume they store them in their living room and you get them into the living room by throwing them through the window. Yes. The plate glass window. With a brick in the bottom for good measure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So no, where would like when you're when you're doing this trespassing, where do you uh, where do you drop off the cans? So they keep their hand cans uh, right on the side of their house. So uh, it's a very short distance from the street to where their cans go. It doesn't require me to open a gate or go into a backyard. It, it's just a matter of pulling them about 18 feet from the street up to the Onto side their, of their property. House. Right. And next to their property. Right. While holding their property. Correct. Yeah. I'm just wondering. <laughs> And how long has this been going on that it's been getting on your nerves? Uh, about 10 years. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is a Andrew. neighborly fight for the ages. <laughs> and how often do you go out there and like, Kelly, how like what's the standard operating procedure now that Andrew does this and you want him to stop or that Andrew wants to do it, but you tell him don't do it? He wants to do it. And and so there is a bit of a backstory um, in that the previous occupant of the house was a wonderful woman who she was our neighbor when we first moved in 20 years ago. Hang on, um, hang on. I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. Keep, mm-hmm. keep rolling on this. Jean Cray, I realize that we don't have a, we don't have any stings for this show. You know what I mean? 
We don't have we don't have any like backstory like backstory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like All right, do you, Can you give me a quick backstory sting that we can drop yeah, in? Yeah, you want to do the that bit before? You want me to just say it right now? No, just do it do it now and 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 I'll make right. Kelly start all over again. <laughs> backstory, 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 backstory. Thank you. All right, Kelly, start again and say there's a bit of a backstory a- and then leave <laughs> a pause so that we can inter- insert that. And Jennifer Marmer, producer, leave this all in. I want people to see what goes on behind the scenes. So there is a bit of a backstory. Backstory, backstory, backstory. Again, our previous neighbor um, uh, was a wonderful woman when we first moved in. She was in her 80s. Um, she was she was our neighbor for about 10 years. And as she she was very independent, well into her uh, 80s and, and early 90s. Mm-hmm. And it, she got to a point where she couldn't take the trash she wanted to and and you know she had about a teaspoon's worth of trash but would diligently bring it out every tuesday and friday and she struggled with the cans and so we walk our dog every morning and pass their house we live on a a, a dead end street and so um in going past our house we developed a system for our older neighbor where we would take the can out for her as we pass by um to leave for the dog walk and then the trash men would usually come by by the time we returned and Andrew would return the can up to her porch and, and help her out. And so he wants to do this now with the, with the new neighbors um, who are a lovely right. couple, um, but a perfectly what, capable what happened to your, couple. What happened to your older, um, older neighbor? Uh, she did pass away at the age of 96. Oh, and so very, very um, rude of her, very rude, <laughs> but she was beloved. She was, uh, yeah, no, that's wonderful. Um, and and so and they're they are a wonderful couple. I have no complaints about them as as neighbors. Um, and but they just leave their cans out much longer than than anybody else on the street. And so he wants to on the way back from the dog walk return the cans, um, you know, to their property. And and I feel like it's a different situation, and that it's going to be seen as passive aggressive and and judgmental. Uh, Andrew, uh, how well do you know? Are these your next door neighbors? These are our next door neighbors. On which side? Uh, on our left side, facing the street. No, I, I think he meant on your uh, your mother's or your father's <laughs> side. <laughs> so, how well do you know them, Andrew? I I didn't know them terribly well uh, in the last couple of weeks. I've gotten to know the know them quite a bit better, which uh, has been very nice. We haven't really had that opportunity in the past, but. Uh, I know them a little. They are actually relatives of Anne Edie, so they are uh-huh. members of her family. We know them. We know their child. We know their parents for friendly hellos across the fence. Uh, okay. We know their dogs. You know their n- names. Yes. You don't have to say their yes. names. I don't want to, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you know if they're listeners to this podcast? <laughs> I do not know that factually one because way or another. That, this would be the record-breaking passive aggression <laughs> if you came up here on this podcast to send your neighbors a little message. Let's take a quick recess, and we'll be back with more of Kelly and Andrew's case in just a moment. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. 
The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist and Wired Magazine. Right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020... I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Andrew, now that you know your neighbors so very well, they're old pals, friendly, you know their dogs or whatever, have you just said to them, would you please bring your trash cans up no i have not uh i say that as though that's an impossible thing for anyone to say (laughs) to me that's more judgmental than just bringing the cans up uh my portion of the backstory which kelly of course can't speak to is hold on hold hold, please hold for the stings yep hold for the sting andrew's backstory 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 (laughs) which kelly can't speak to backstory All right, go on, Andrew. For a while, for maybe a year or so or, or, or more, the cans would lay in the street. I would get bothered about it. I would grouse and complain to Kelly about it, but I wouldn't do anything and I would just come inside. And after a little while, I thought to myself, well, this is silly. If it's bothering me, why not do something about it? If I did the same for the former resident there without being asked, why not do the same 
for the current resident who lives there without being asked. So I'll put the can back and we're both winners. Their cans are back and it's not bothering me. So if I understand this correctly, your backstory is that your relationship with Aunt Edie, you're, you're, you're helping her with the can started by you're just doing it one day. Yep. And then eventually she caught on mm-hmm. and said, thank you for trespassing. Thank you for bringing my property back to my property. Don't know why there's a horse's head in this one. Message received, I guess. But if you don't mind doing it for me, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I would put them up on her porch and she didn't like it, but she understood that her uh, limitations made that the most practical solution. Okay. Uh, She was grateful for the effort, but it bothered her that she couldn't do it on a personal level. She was very independent. Jean, make up names for these neighbors, please. Uh, Jammies. That is James. Jamis. Jamis. And uh, Uh and, uh, Lamis. Jamis and Lamis. And the last name? Flurb. So, Jamis and Lamis Flurb. Go ahead. Jamis and Lamis Flurb. Hi, I'm Jamis. I'm Lamis. We're the Flurbs. I know it's cute, isn't it? <laughs> That's how they introduce themselves. We know. We know. We know. We know. We know. We know our first names sound alike. Anyway, we're the Flurbs. <laughs> Just moved into the neighborhood. Don't know the rules. Hope someone will tell us at some you point. You guys like trash cans? But you guys like trash cans. <laughs> we're proud of our cans. So proud. We like the world to see them. How long do the flurbs leave the cans out for, Andrew? Routinely, they're out there for the next trash collection day. The, Two days. A couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, but then after the last trash collection day, do they just roll it over to the next week? Do they ever bring them back? They do occasionally bring them back, yes. They do eventually bring them back. Come on, flurbs. But they've been out there for multiple days. Come on, yes. flurbs. And why does this bother you so much? Well, uh... They are the only people on the street who leave their trash cans out that long. Right. The cans are very visible. They're unattractive. They are sometimes in the street. No, I understand the nature of the complaint, but I mean, aside from people having to drive around them, it obviously strikes a a deeper chord with you. How does it make you feel when you see those, those cans lying all over the place? It seems like it would be a very small thing to take care of. And I, I sometimes I'm I'm just put out that somebody won't do something which seems quite small to take care of the street. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Well in fact you send in some evidence. Oh, Kelly, did you mm. want to jump in? It's a dude thing. Um there's okay. there's a there's a little bit of a Andrew sees a little bit of a competition on the in the the men of the street to who brings their cans back first um and and quickest and everything is this so. a competition that exists in real life or only in andrew's <laughs> mind i think it's only in andrew's mind <clears throat> andrew have you considered uh inviting everyone to join a google spreadsheet and say what would be fun is we all time how long it takes for us to get our uh, trash cans back and we can fill in our best times on the spreadsheet wouldn't that be fun well i have prepared such a document <laughs> uh is that true? Did not submit it, but no. Oh, well, you did submit some evidence. And Jean Grey, do you have do you have the evidence? You have I do. Access to the evidence. I do. I have All it right, right here. I'm looking at Exhibit mm-hmm. A here, the trash can in question. Please note that there are no other trash cans visible. Now, all these extremely dramatic photos will be hosted on our Judge John Odron page at maximumfun.org. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, 
I'm right. This picture of a lonely trash can on a suburban street is definitely going to be the number one most faved pick on the Judge John Hodgman Instagram for sure. Who posted this pic? Who get, who sent in this exhibit to me? I did. Yeah. So when you look at that can, you like narrate your feelings. To it. Just look at it right now. When I look at that can, I think the street would be better if that can was not there. I'm going to make the street better. I'm going to put that can back. May, may I ask a question here? Kelly, uh, does Andrew have these feelings about other items within the household when things may be out of place uh, to him or uh, are not put away? To be fair, he's very consistent in that if he will take it upon himself to to put things away and to to straighten. He's, he's wonderful around the house, I, I can't say. Uh, anything bad about that but um, but say but, if if you had been using something and using mm-hmm. an item and uh stepped mm-hmm. away do you find mm-hmm. that these things get put away before you may be done with them yes all right ah yes. check me out gene gray permission to add a sting of my own mm-hmm. <laughs> incredible question 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 crocs found 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 <laughs> Kelly, what was it? What's an example of a thing that got put away before you were done using it? Well, you know, I, I might uh, leave a glass next to the sink and say, I will take care of that, but I need to go do something first. And then by the time I get back, it is uh, in the dishwasher. Yes. You've even given indication yes. that you're going to be coming back to it? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm bringing this up because um, my husband has to say things like that to me. Like, ah. I'm I'm ah. still using this item. Don't do anything with it. Because you'll clear it away, Gene. Oh yes, I will. Right. One hundred. So you're you're a little bit Team Andrew here. It sounds. Like. No, yeah, I'm not. Andrew. No, I'm not. Oh. No, okay, don't get okay. me wrong. I just right. wanted to see if it was coming from the same place. I understand where it's coming from. And maybe the problem is coming from inside the house, <laughs> calling from inside. May the I just house? clarify yes. that? All right, Andrew, go ahead. In this example, Kelly. If you place the glass near the sink, near the dishwasher, and you say, I will take care of that, are you indicating that you are going to reuse the glass? Or are you indicating that in a few moments' time, you are going to put it in the dishwasher? Does it matter? I feel like we're not even here, Gene. This is incredible. (laughs) It does Mm -hmm. matter. Because if you were indicating to me that you were going to reuse that glass is one thing. But if you are saying, in a few moments, I'm going to put that into the dishwasher, and I, to be a good guy... Put it in the dishwasher for you. Mm. Then, the good then we've both benefited. Andrew. You've not had to put the dish in the dishwasher. Andrew. You were not going to reuse it. It was a dirty dish. I saved you a step, and I got the counter cleared. Oh, boy. Question, Andrew. What is your profession? Professional hair splitter? <laughs> Close enough. I'm a fundraiser. Oh, all right. Does that require splitting hairs? Let's just say it requires looking at things from a lot of different perspectives. All right. That's fair. God, Uh, Andrew. (laughs) Why is this an issue? (laughs) Why is this whole thing an issue? You've got got all the right tools in place. All of them. Oh. Oh. Is is scolding a part of this show? It hasn't been before. But can we just put that in? Can, can I just have a one-on-one with Andrew at some point during this? Because I, I will allow it. I will recuse oh. myself. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. May I introduce one other uh, 
item in the what I think is uh, germane to this story? Yeah, of course. So uh, our next door neighbor has a snowblower. Okay. And in the winter, when it snows, uh, he snowblows our front walkway. That's very nice. We, this is the same neighbor. These are the flurbs. Yes, it's the flurbs. Jamis flurbs. <laughs> is it Jamis or Lamis? <laughs> Let's say uh, uh, Lamis flurb is the snowblower. So uh, Lamis will snowblow our front walkway, the sidewalk in the front walkway. He'll do several on the street. Uh, we've never asked him to do that for us. We appreciate it, and I do not take it as a judgment that I haven't shoveled fast enough. Kelly, I see you want to jump in there. I do. So I believe that Mr. Flurb um, is doing our neighbor on the other side of our house. He, he goes down and does their entire walk and front walk and driveway apron. And so... The reason he does our front walk, while it is very much appreciated and, and, and everything, it's because it's on the way um, mm. to where he's going. And it would be a really, um, <laughs> really bad move to go around <laughs> or to stop snow blowing the the And shove your so snowblower feet. through your... Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's truly a mystery for the ages what Mr. Flurb's motivations are. There's no way to ever know. <laughs> And I've made him brownies for doing that. Really? Did you let him know that you did it? <laughs> did you leave them in, in the counter in your house? Yeah, exactly. These are for the flurbs. I mean, it's not appropriate for us to let them know. Yeah. Uh, so let me just make it understand clearly, Andrew, before I give you a chance to respond. When flurb snow blows, it's the it's the the sidewalk in front of your home. Correct. But. He, in this case, does not he does not snow blow your walkway up to your door or your driveway, right? No, that is correct. Right, okay. It is a Schrodinger's cat mystery as to whether Flurb is doing this as a favor to you or just because it's more convenient to keep blowing, as it were. Correct. Keep on blowing. I love blowing, that song. Blowing, blowing. Much like our sidewalk being on the way to the other house, uh, the trash cans and putting them back are on the way to our house. Yeah. Right, but you understand so, that I'm what you're doing is different in the sense that you are going on to, you're taking their property and going on to their property whereas the sidewalk is shared it is communal to the neighborhood. Okay, I see that point. Yes. These second exhibits, exhibits uh B and C, mm -hmm. I are are adorable and I just want to discuss first of all there's a they're essentially dramatic renderings. <laughs> Of the situation in the house. The, your dog, Penny, mm -hmm. here, the caption is, this photo depicts our dog, Penny, stalwartly watching the street for trouble. Please note this work is exhausting, and sometimes Penny needs to rest her head, and Penny is resting her head on your couch, looking out that window, staring, perhaps, with dismay at that lone trash can. And then we hear, have here an action shot of, of frustration. Which I enjoy. Now, Kelly and Andrew looking out the window at that at that one trash can. Andrew's hands extended in a, mm -hmm. in, a, in almost a crucified position of mm -hmm. dismay. It's Penny and Andrew, oh. but yeah. 
I, like what would be what would be your vocalization there, Andrew, when you see that? Like what the what? I believe that's a come on, <laughs> come on. That's right. It's a classic. Come that, on. That's exactly what I, it is. I yeah. have I have done this this position with uh, our cat Littles uh, directly at many things outside of the window. So as soon as I saw this, I was like, I I want to tell him how much I I relate. Um, except there's such an easy fix. Oh, Andrew. I feel you, but I don't feel you. <laughs> All right, Gene, I'm going to ask Andrew to approach the bench for a quick... Scold sesh. Scold sesh. I'm going to recuse myself from this, Andrew. This has no bearing on what my decision may ultimately be. Um, but uh, the, our guest bailiff has requested a scold sesh. Thank you. And, uh, and, and I think you're going to get one, so <laughs> please approach the bench. Andrew... Um, I, I think this is probably the case, uh, where I can relate to something so much. I don't like, um, things and especially loan items and especially after, uh, things are clean and you can see that things are clean, uh, being left out, making everything uncomfortable. It makes me very uncomfortable inside. Um, I don't like a messy computer desktop. I'm like, why can't you just, you, you can rein all that in. And I learned that uh, I, very early on in life, I'm like, hey, if something's bothering you and it's, it feels like it's a reasonable thing to say, that a good thing to do is to be able to confront people about it. And it seems like you're taking those steps at home. I, I see that that happens. And then it seems like you might be living with a lot of frustration, not being able to say things out of the home. And you need to. It's okay. It's okay to say, hey, something's bothering me. It's all right. It's not trespassing to do that. It is trespassing to actually trespass. <laughs> to physically use your body, but to verbally be able to do that is something that's good for you. It's something that's good for relationships. It's something that's good for everyone. And as a person who uh, would very much triply consider trespassing on anyone's grounds because... It's a very important thing that I had to learn to be able to confront people. Um, I really, really, I feel like we're all around the same age. You, 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 you gotta do this, man. You can't. You, wh whoever that dog was is agreeing. Thank you. Is that, is that, is Penny? that Penny? Is that Penny in the background? That back is Penny. I apologize. Penny? No, don't apologize. Penny is back Penny. there being like, come on, man. Let's all the stuff she was saying. I was in the picture. This exactly. Dog cameo. Um, I uh, what? However, the judgment goes today. I just want you to leave here, um, remembering not to stifle yourself anymore, because it can be really unhealthy. And it's okay to say things that you need to say. And school sesh. 
Gene, what do you think, like, because we all hate the idea of, for example, doing um, call banking, mm-hmm. even for politicians uh, who we uh, love, mm-hmm. even when the election is perhaps the most highest stakes election in our lifetime, it is uncomfortable for us to call up our neighbors in the United States mm-hmm. cold and say, hey, would you consider voting for this person rather than destroying what's left of civilization? Yeah. Uh, and often there is a script that goes along with it uh, that that helps the person get into it. So mm-hmm. if you were writing a script for Andrew, and Andrew, I'm, I'm not ruling in Kelly's favor necessarily. I'm just hearing all the all the evidence. But I, I take Gene Skoldsesh under advisement. And, and if you were to write a script for Andrew, what would you have him say or do in order to express himself productively and get the outcome that he wants? Well, I, I, I think uh, form, forming it yourself is great. And you know how to do that because you're in fundraising and you, you don't get into fundraising without uh, knowing how to get money out of people. Like, you're a salesman. You know what to do. However, I think it's really important to start with um, because these are people you know and people you've spoken to before and it's not coming out of nowhere, is to say, hey, I've got something that's been bothering me for a really long time. And I, 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 I've been trying to work out like why I haven't said it before. I would even bring up the fact that this happened. Because what you don't want when you approach someone and start telling them something and you're like, hey, I've been thinking about it. And they might talk to other people and they're like, have you been, did you do an entire, did you start a mini series about this before you spoke to me? <laughs> you want to give them all the information and you want everything to be out in the open so that you guys can actually have a clean slate relationship. So I think, you know, form your own thing. But the most important thing to include is to be completely honest about it. Even if it seems like what you're telling them might be unreasonable to them, it's not unreasonable to you. That's really important. So, Andrew, if you went over to the Flurbs or, or you, you waited until you saw them next time, sort of whatever, and you said, uh, hi, um, I just wanted you to know that um, it's a small thing and I'm sorry to bring it up, but uh, when you don't bring your bins back up it just it's a point of distraction to me it's a me thing but it's something that i notice and and i've even went so far as to go on a podcast almost literally trashing you about it do you mind bringing the cans back up or would you mind if i just brought them back up if that would be easier like if you said that mm-hmm. what do you think what do you think would happen what are you afraid might happen Ooh. I think that's judgmental to my way of thinking that I'm that to me seems a little bit like a scold sesh for our neighbors for not bringing their bins back up. But aren't but aren't uh, you already doing that inside? See, I don't I don't sincerely believe that that's what I'm doing inside. Hmm. I really don't think me putting the cans back is scolding my neighbors. Now, if my neighbors asked me to ever stop, if they they saw me do that and said dude, don't do that. I wouldn't continue it. But to me, I sincerely believe that it's not a scolding as much as it's just being neighborly and we all benefit. So Kelly, if I were to rule in your favor, what would you have me rule? 
So to be fair to Andrew, I, I'm not looking for him to confront the flurbs. Um, and I know you can't legislate thought, um, but I just don't want it to bother him. I don't want him to get frustrated. I don't want him to make himself older than he is and the and the street busybody. Um, you know, I, I don't, I just would rather he see it as the small thing that it is and that they have other things to worry about and that, you know, to live and let live. So, Andrew, have you done this yet or is this just a, a dream? Returning the cans? Yeah, to the flurbs. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have done that. Uh, I've done that at least once in Kelly's presence and it did not go well. I asked him not to. Right. And have the flurbs ever acknowledged it? Have they ever no. said anything about it? No, nothing. No. How many times would you say you have done it? I have not done it more than <laughs> six times. Okay. Just for a moment, Kelly, I want you to turn off your audio, okay? So you can't hear. Go into a cone of silence. Kelly has taken off her headphones. I can see that. It's the benefit of this new way of doing things. She can't hear what you're saying. Andrew, how many times really? 25? 30? 35? No, really. Uh, six? Yeah, it's like six because I, it, it wasn't very long ago that I even started to do it. For a while, I just walked past. Kelly can go, come back online. You have no you have no idea how he does this every day, even when the cans aren't there. No. He verified that he has only done it the half dozen times. I believe that. Honestly, guess Bale of Jean Grey, this is truly something of a game changer for me because now it's written into the silent code of the neighborhood. Obviously, this is not a neighborhood where people uh, express yeah. themselves to each other that much. Yeah, and no, no. I, I, need, I would love to go talk to the entire neighborhood. <laughs> if I may, what I would like to know is that if Andrew found his cans put back every day before he had a chance to get home, Mm. or before it was on his time frame, how he would feel. Incredible question, question, question. I'll allow it, Andrew. How would you feel if you came home and saw your cans having been can-handled by another person (laughs) all up alongside your house or whatever? You knew that someone else had been fondling your cans. How would you feel? I would not have a problem with that, Uh, if I have a real wrong. problem with it. I'm thinking about it right now, and it feels weird to me. Sorry, no, I will say there's one small caveat, which is if somebody brought them up out of the street and put them onto my driveway alongside the house, which is not where I keep them, but it would if they're out of the street, I'd have no issue with it. We keep ours in the backyard. If they brought them through our gate and put them in our backyard, that would yeah, that would skeeve me out a little bit. Would mm-hmm. you? Would you? But if somebody brought them, sorry, Andrew. I was just going to ask if you would rather have them talk to you about it rather than to touch them first. No. Hmm. No. I'm not sure I believe that answer. <laughs> well, I, I think I've heard enough in order to make my decision. Uh, I'm going to go in my tough right plastic shed next to my chambers. Uh, sit here for a moment, contemplate. I'll be right back in a moment with my decision. Please rise slightly as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Kelly, how are you? How are you feeling about this? How do you feel like it? Like it went? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I don't. 
I don't want to force Andrew into anything he doesn't want to do in regards to confrontation, but um, as far as the nature of the case, I think I'm feeling pretty good. Okay, Andrew, how are you doing? I, I've been I've been pretty rough on you today. Yes, uh, two <laughs> scold sessions have not made me feel great about my chances. Mm-hmm. I am hopeful that with two scold sessions, uh, I will have been informed enough by the court that perhaps the judge will see in my favor. We will see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about that. We'll be right back. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. Thank you, Kelly. Andrew, you may be seated. Um, Andrew, I appreciate why you are sensitive to the scold sesh. It's no fun. Scold seshes are no fun to receive or to give. But your argument that moving the trash bins silently is somehow not a scold? Mm-mm. No way. The story that you tell yourself that you're being a nice guy, that's not what's going on. Once when I was in my 20s and I worked at a literary agency, I shared a floor with two other cubicles and uh, the other young assistants on the floor, they did not get along all the time. And one of the complaints was that was the woman who was not me felt that the man who was not me smelled bad. B-O, body odor. And one day... I hear her over the cubicle say to him, hey, um, something stinks around here. Uh, I happen to have this can of deodorant. Why don't we both put some on? <laughs> and he got furious because he knew what it was. It was a scold. She couldn't feel this. I was just trying to be nice to him. But not being nice. <laughs> You're correcting the universe the way you want it to be. And I understand this this argument that you give that about moving the glass before Kelly's d- done with it because you're being nice to save her a step, or you're moving the bins because you're being neighborly. This is a story you're telling yourself. You're moving these things because you want the universe to be a certain way. You are correcting the world to fit what you want it to be, which I also get a lot. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the Kenneth Branagh murder on the Orient Express. I never cared for Hercule Poirot. Me, I'm a Miss Marple guy. That's the way I've always been. To me, Hercule Poirot, just this fatuous, busybody show-off. Until I saw Kenneth Branagh step in a pile of manure, some kind of feces. I don't know whether it was dog poop or something. In the opening scenes, he steps in, in, he's walking through the city and he steps in dog poop, let's say it was, and the look on his face, because Kenneth Brown is a professional actor, he's good at it. Look on his face is so pained. 
And then he takes a step back and then he puts his other foot in the dog poop. Because as he explains, it's not the dirt that annoys me. It's the imbalance. And all of a sudden, Hercule Poirot became a real character for the first time in all of my experience of reading or watching these uh, Hercule Poirot mysteries. It goes back a long way because I'm a weird. And the problem is he is cursed with perception and an intrinsic need for balance. And I'm not suggesting this is you, but once you understand that Poirot is working out of a compulsion to do what he, what he has to do, it's not only merely a much more interesting character, but a much more human character. And he's channeling his compulsion for good. Your living room acting in this shot is incredible. You're a Kenneth Branagh of frustration in the living room. This is obviously staged. I mean, Kelly, you did not capture this in the moment. I captured him with his arms down. They were, they were, but then he lifted his arms. Yes. Yeah. But who told him to lift his arms? Mm. You're a great director. He's a great actor. <laughs> but I feel in you this feeling of like, come on. I don't want to look at this can anymore. And that's fine. I don't think you should have to look at it either. The flurbs are flurbing up. It doesn't matter why they're doing it. They're, they're, they're flurbing up. They're not following the rules. And it's causing you distraction. And you have a right to take care of that. And that's why, Kelly, I'm sorry to say, I cannot find in your favor. I can't compel Andrew to stop feeling the way he's feeling because this is a deep thing. This is something he thinks about. And I don't think that it's necessarily bad that he's done this six times because the flurbs don't seem to mind. The flurbs don't give a flurb about anything. Maybe. Which is all the more reason, Andrew, that it, it should not be a problem to just let them know that this is what you're doing and get their permission because you have to get their permission. You can't. You can't. You can't be going on people's property with their property, touching their property without their permission. And it will be granted. I guarantee you. Flurbs don't flurb it. They don't flurb. I'm going to rule. I can't rule in Kelly's favor. I'm going to rule in your favor. I think you should do it. I think it's a neighborly thing to do. I think it's a nice thing to do. But the next time you do it, you have to say hi to them. Ding dong, maybe. A little ding dong. Or you can write a note, but just say, you may have noticed that I've, I've moved your cans back from the curb a couple of times. I hope that that doesn't bother you. I'm glad to keep doing it, but if you prefer me not to, I won't. And then see what they say. I'm sure they're going to be like, yeah, thanks for doing that work for me. But it's just, a, this is a principle of law. Like, it's a minor thing. But the fact that you did it for Aunt Edie before does not set a legal precedent for you to do it whenever. Are really not on your side here, Andrew. I would have ordered Kelly. I would have told you to take your headphones out. In fact, you know what? Take your headphones out, Andrew. There we go. Turn it up. It's fair play. Kelly. Sometime in the future, take your time. I want Andrew to forget all about this. I want to forget the other, like, take years. 
by then the flurbs and you will be on great terms. It'll be great. And one day, without telling Andrew, I want you to take those bins in and secretly put them by the side of the house before he can get to them and document what he says about it. He's going to be expecting it for right, weeks, right. months, maybe even a year. But when he's, when he doesn't notice, when he, when he, this is receded into the back of his mind, let me know what happened. Do it. Let me know what happened. Right. All right, Andrew, you're good. We were just talking about how much we love you. <laughs> oh, this is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom again. That's a lot of ins and outs. Much like my feelings on this case. Kelly, how do you feel about this verdict? I think it was fair um, and in good faith and and, and to um, meet Andrew where he's at. I'm willing to have the conversation with the mm-hmm. with the flurbs. Um, so that he can do um, what he feels compelled to do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think this went well. I, I, I would have ruled differently, but then again, I'm a real judge. Uh, Andrew, your feelings on this verdict? I, I think the judge uh, had great wisdom in the verdict. I think this is uh, absolutely the correct thing to do. I, I, I think it leads with positivity. I think it... Uh, allows everybody a graceful way to not continue with this if anybody's uncomfortable with it, but it also gives everybody a graceful way to continue with it if everybody's okay with it. I'm very pleased. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Andrew. Um, I'm so happy. I'm so happy we got to this place. Andrew, you can't touch other stuff, fam. You can't. You can't. You can't. Get out of here. Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. And that's another case in the books in this voice. (laughs) Before we just mention what? Gene, before, before we continue, let me just say what a delight it is have you on again oh it's always fun gene gray church of infinite you is every other sunday afternoon that's right because every sunday is too much, <laughs> too much. <laughs> and you can follow gene gray on instagram at genie grigio and on twitter at gene greasy i've got those memorized thank you type gene gray into your google machine mm-hmm. gene of the grays on twitch tv that's right and that's Gene, J-E-A-N, of T-H-E-G-R-A-E-S, because you love the A's. A-E. Just got to get these plugs in before we get to Swift Justice so people know. Follow Gene, find out when church is, mm-hmm. find out all the things that she's doing, because everything she's doing is great. Thank right. you. There's a couple more shows coming up, so be sure to get ready for Sunday Brunch, which is going to be every Sunday that church is not. And uh, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be DJing and cooking a meal because I like to multitask. 
also on Twitch. Jean Grey, making work for yourself. That's right. Yeah, making it hard. All right. Before we dispense some swift justice, we want to thank Logan Green for naming this week's episode Trash Action Lawsuit. If you would like to name a future episode, just like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook. We regularly put out a call for submissions there. Follow us on social media. I am on Instagram at John Hodgman. I'm on Twitter at Hodgman. And Gene, of course, at Gene Greasy. And on Instagram at Jeannie Grigio. We just talked about it. Hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets. Hashtag JJHO. Check out the Maximum Fun subreddit to discuss the episode. Gene, I've been, I've been popping into the subreddit. A lot of nice people over there. Mm-hmm. And of course, check out the pictures of Penny and a frustrated Andrew on Instagram <laughs> at Judge John Hodgman, where we regularly post the evidence and other fun stuff from our listeners. And thank you to Jennifer Marmer. Now, Gene, since you are the guest bailiff, yeah, but as we know, a real life judge. Yes, clearly. I'm going to let you take Swift Justice. All I'm going right. to pitch it to you. Now, I'm taking a break as we go to Swift Justice, where we answer your small disputes with the quick judgment. Douglas says, my wife Molly loses her keys constantly and refuses to use the key hook I hung up inside the door, even though she admits that it helps her keep track of her keys. Judge, in this case, Jean Grey, Mm. would you please order Molly to use the key hook? Molly, you got to use that goddamn key hook. What are you doing? You know what it's for? It's for hooking your keys on so you don't lose them. All you got to do is start a routine. Use that. Use the key hook, Molly. Judgment. It's true that if you know that you're losing your keys all the time and you know that the hook helps, you got to put the keys on the hook. And it's the same thing. You build new habits you in build life. New it's habits. possible. You, it only it's takes possible. three times. After the third right. time that you put those keys on the hook, it's a thing. That's about it for this week's episode. Submit your cases at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email me. Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. That's Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. I get those emails. I read them. I sort them. I, I can't reply to all of them. I try, but but my eyes will, will, will pass over them. And I know that this is true. There is no case too small. There is only cases too medium. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. That's Gene Gray, everybody. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.